This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Episode 131, Why You Need a Budget. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And we are so excited to have Jesse Meekum from You Need a Budget on Mm. the show with us today. And this is kind of like a fangirl moment for so many people in our community that love YNAB. If you've never heard of the app, You Need a Budget, Jesse founded it. And it has a cult following, unlike Mm -hmm. any financial tech app or anything in personal finance that I've seen. I can't tell you since we started this podcast, how many people have asked me, have you heard about YNAB? Uh, Are you going to have YNAB on the show? You should get YNAB to sponsor you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're obsessed with YNAB. Yeah. If you're passionate about financial independence or Dave Ramsey you will understand that there is a subsect of people that are equally excited about YNAB. So if you're unfamiliar, you're about to get familiar mm-hmm. in this episode. You'll be using the acronym by the time we're done. Exactly. And because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you use an acronym for everything? It makes it so much shorter to talk. It's great. Uh, first, our sponsors. Frugal Friends Workbook. <laughs> Whether you're new to budgeting or trying to reach a big financial goal and you need something to motivate you, you will definitely enjoy the Frugal Friends Workbook created by yours truly. It's a digital workbook with six week-long challenges that'll help you save money, simplify your life, improve money conversations, and so much more. It is over 60 pages and can be completed on your own, but it is created to be gone through in pairs or a small group. So that's why every purchase comes with two downloads. It's like a buy one, get one free. We love those. BOGO. (laughs) BOGO. So you can share it or split the cost. Head on over to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash workbook to learn more and use the code Taco Bell. That's right. T-A-C-O-B-E-L-L, all one word to get $10 off the regular price. Mm, Yes. And today's episode should be probably brought to you by acronyms, 
But it's actually brought to you by budgeting with spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. Trying to calculate stuff but don't have a calculator or phone? Uh, Spreadsheets are here for you. Record all the stuff. Have multiple sheets in one doc, like one for every month. um, Mm -hmm. And go crazy with those sums, girl. Like, just put all of those sums. That's the only one I can think about right now. But you could do so many math things in there. So many math things. Budgeting with spreadsheets. Be a lady in the streets, but a freak in the spreadsheets. <laughs> Saw that on a shirt once. That felt risky. Um, Not as risky as our first idea. <laughs> Not even so going to talk true. about that. That was that was idea two, Jill. Yeah. I budget with spreadsheets. We'll see what Jesse has to say about that. Yeah. I don't use spreadsheets, but I also don't use YNAB. So I'm very interested to see... Uh, what Jesse has to say. Uh, our last episode on budgeting was on minimalist budgeting, which is what uh, kind of both of us do. And that was episode 36. Um, so if you're looking for a minimalist budgeting style, you can listen to that episode. Um, and then we are going to be talking about the four rules for successful budgeting. And even if you're not a wide nap user, I think you're going to get a lot out of uh, these rules. They can be taken with any budgeting app or method and it's gonna be fun do it jesse welcome to the show thanks for having me i'm excited yeah we're so thrilled to talk with you and hear just all of your wisdom and insight about budgeting as we said when we weren't recording yet. You have quite a cult following and I cannot tell you we're about two years into this Frugal Friends podcast and I have had so many people when I tell them about my podcast immediately jump to, have you heard of YNAB? (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Okay. So I have, so I've heard of it. And so now I'm so thrilled to have you on. We are really excited about getting into what you call the four rules for successful budgeting. I think Mm -hmm. that we can't talk enough about budgeting. Uh, When we think we've moved beyond it, we've got to come back and revisit it. So we want to hear from you how you approach it, what your ideas are on this, and just kind of give us a general layout with what budgeting looks like, how to do it successfully. So your first one is give every dollar a job. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, the first the first rule is well, the other three rules that we'll get to are all kind of derivatives of that rule. So this is the rule, if there were just one. Um, and essentially, what we're trying to do is just introduce the idea of trade offs for people right away out of the gate. Uh, it's something that people are less familiar with doing once they become an adult. So kids are really good at trade offs. They're really good at saying like. I don't have money for this, so I can't buy it, but I do want this, so I won't buy that other thing. But adults, we tend to just kind of think we can buy everything. Um, We don't confront the idea of if I do this, I maybe can't do that. And so a zero-based budget, which is exactly what rule one is, it's just the idea of you know, only money you have on hand. How much do you want to give toward rent, toward uh, you know, bills, toward a vacation, whatever it may be. But you want to make sure that you recognize that there's a finite amount of money and that you're just prioritizing. We we want to be proactive with what our money should do and not reactive and kind of lamenting about what it did. Um, That's that's pretty fruitless. So that's that's the idea is introducing trade offs. And with that, that scarcity, 
we actually want you to feel like money has run out because it really has. And we want you to get used to the idea of your priorities kind of being fleshed out in an environment where the money is finite. So part of rule one is just giving every dollar a job, just straight up on a piece of paper. You don't have to use fancy software. Just here are all the jobs I want my money to do. And then here's how much money I have on hand right now. Not here's my, how much I'll earn, not all in a couple of days, not even in tomorrow I'm going to be paid, but money on hand only. Mm -hmm. And then when new money comes in, you just repeat that step again. And you, you know, you start giving that money jobs, but don't fall into the trap of projecting what the money will be because then you're not dealing with finite resources anymore. You can, you can forecast yourself right out of a scarcity situation. So um, that's kind of rule one, you know, we've talked about it for about 15 years, but that's it in, in two minutes. That's awesome. <laughs> it's funny that you say yeah. like scarcity and like physical scarcity, because I feel like we think like scarcity mindset causes us to want to spend everything because we think that, you know, we won't have enough or we won't get more. And so that's how like people start living in this paycheck to paycheck cycle is this scarcity mindset. But then when you kind of flip it and you're like causing physical scarcity, then it can cause the opposite effect. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not, it's not to be confused with like fixed and growth mindsets or like mm -hmm. what Dr. Zweck came up with a while back. We're, we're talking about addressing finite resources. So a lot of people that are living paycheck to paycheck, they they're used to not having money, but in a weird kind of counterproductive way where when they do have money, they want to use it. Mm -hmm. So they, so they, because it's going to run out anyway. And so we might as well kind of make hay while the sun shines. And that's, that's the issue that we're, we're addressing. We want people to say, okay, I have this money. What do I want it to do? The end. And if, it, <laughs> if it means that you are, you spend it all that day because you have an, a pressing bill and it's the only thing you can possibly afford, then that is what you do. But we, we take thousands and thousands, thousands of people that have on average about $300 in their checking account when they start. And we're not talking about people that are living below the poverty line or out. I'm talking about people that make good money that carry around $300 in the checking account on average. It goes really high when their paycheck lands and then it just precipitously drops. Wow. And it's because they're, they have this pile of bills that's just waiting for money. And then as soon as that money comes in, the bills just suck it all away. And so we try and start to flip that around. Instead of being reactive, we're proactive. But the amazing thing is someone with just $300 in their checking account, if you tell them, okay, only deal with that $300. What do you want your money to do? They'll immediately say, well, I'm getting, I'm actually going to get paid in five days. So, and you're like, no, don't do that. Well, in five days we'll do it, but we're not talking about that today. So what do you want your money to do that $300? And again, again, without fail, they'll try and bring up the paycheck that's coming because they're so used to thinking about when money does come, then this problem will go away. So mm -hmm. we, we ran them back in again. And then we just say, okay, Thank you for telling me again for the third time about your future paycheck. <laughs> yeah, you're getting we paid. Really, okay. We really want you just to focus on the three hundred dollars, and so you get them there. And it's just, it's just the the mind just habitually goes there for them. It's they're not like not able to. It's just they're in this kind of ingrained process. So you get them there with that three hundred bucks, and you say, "What does it need to do?" They'll say, uh, "Well, my gas tank is a little low, um, the fridge is a little empty." And there's this one bill that's actually kind of late already. I really need to pay it or I'll start getting late fees. So you say, boom, boom, boom. Okay, we're done. It's amazing how many people with that still only $300 in their checking account 
will then say, wow, that feels really good. For once, they're actually taking control and they're dictating like a good dictator. They're dictating what their money would Mm do instead of just kind of waiting for something to explode on them where they're in panic mode. And so it's all Mm -hmm. about just orienting forward and dealing with that finite pile of cash. When the new check comes in, same exercise. Yes. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this concept before of being the CEO Mm -hmm. of your personal finances. And this kind of falls in Mm -hmm. line with that of you are giving your dollar bills a job and you need to delegate that. And in a lot of ways that does put power and control, rightfully so, back into our hands rather than being victim to whatever might be happening with my finances. Yeah, people are familiar with that. I mean, if you're if you've ever tried to lose weight or you know dial in your fitness or, or finance, not finances but food a little bit, it's the same thing. Everyone knows if you plan your meals, you do better. Uh, if you try and be a little more productive during the day, everyone knows that if you plan your day, it's it's that same principle that we see all over the place. I mean, heck, plan your career. Like people that really rise in their career, they have a plan, Mm -hmm. they have an idea. They aren't just waiting to see what happens with their boss or waiting to see with some job opening that comes up. They're proactively strategizing and figuring out, okay, this is what I'm going to do this and there's this and I should be on this project because it's big. They're planning. And we want to do the same thing with our money. We spend all of this time and effort and energy to make money. And then for some reason, once all that effort is converted into dollars, we suddenly just like, oh, well, whatever. I'm just bad with money. It's it's horrible. Oh my gosh. Louder for the people in the back. Yeah. Please. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. A plan and a strategy for all that time and effort. And like most people don't even like their jobs anyway. So you're going to do all this stuff and then the fruits of your labor come in and then you're and not. You're like, ah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's like, let me get this straight. You went to school to get an education, to get this job. You went into debt to get an education, to get that job. You work around people that maybe you don't like. If you work at YNAB, you'll like our people, but you work around people that you don't like. Um, you're doing a job that maybe isn't that fulfilling. All of that pain and suffering. And then when it's converted into money, you're like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just bizarre. You're you like, know? oh, I have so much debt and a job I don't like. I have to treat myself at TJ Maxx. Yeah. I do like that treat yourself thing from Parks and Rec. I can't get enough of that. <laughs> I do. I, but, I, I say that a lot. It, yeah. You know, it happens one day. So. I mean, if you plan for it, have a treat yourself category uh, yes. and you just fill that up. Yeah, absolutely. The budgeting yeah, give is- Give that dollar a job. Yeah, like the, the job is to do that. And yes. that's perfectly okay. We, we actually try really, really hard, really hard not to try and tell people what their money should do. We just say- decide. Mm-hmm. And we just repeat that over and over. Just decide, well, I want to do this. Should I do that? I think I spent too much on these shoes or this golf club or name your or a tool, whatever, name your thing. Like we have so many stereotypical, like, oh my gosh, they wasted money. It's like, it doesn't matter. As yeah. long as you're being intentional about what you love, I mean, go for it. I'll yeah. never step into a hobby lobby and buy anything. Yes. But it doesn't, it, or, or Target. Target actually is a really popular one because in our Facebook group, it's you mentioned Target and people are like, oh yeah. You know, like throw pillows. Like you mentioned throw pillows and people are like, yeah, yeah, the throw pillow situation. But even then you have to just be like, hey, if, if you're doing some kind of retail therapy, like name the category retail therapy. Like call it out and be like, yeah, I, ther- I, I do therapy with shopping. Okay, at least you're calling it out and mm-hmm. you know, not, not hiding from it. Um, but just be intentional with it. It's, it works. Mm-hmm. Works yeah. Really well. Be be aware of what you're doing with your spending. That's yeah. that's first. And then 
You can budget. And if you don't like what you're doing with your spending, then you can refine your budget to be Absolutely. how you want it to be. Yeah. I mean, just the other day I was sitting there eating ice cream from like a Ben and Jerry's and Julie's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just eating my feelings. She's like, yeah, okay. I mean, that's basically what it is. You know, I had a long day at work. I'm stressed. I'm just going to eat my feelings. Yeah. At least, at least you're calling it what it is. You know, let's not pretend. Mm. Yes. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. I ate a spoonful of cookie dough last night. Yeah, there you go. If, you know, in case we're confessing, yeah, there it is. I, well, I, th- I think that's the latter part of the podcast, <laughs> confessions. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. yeah. Not there yeah. yet. Okay. okay. Yes, thanks, Jesse, <laughs> keeping us on track. Well, then let's, let's move on. Speaking about expenses, the second rule is to embrace your true expenses. What's all that yeah. about? So if rule one is to take a finite pile of money and give every dollar a job, kind of like we're in the present moment only, and we're just dealing with like current fires even. Rule two is to look ahead to less frequent expenses that are coming up and break those up into manageable monthly amounts. So we talk about embracing your true expenses. It kind of means like get real about the idea that all of your expenses aren't these nice little tidy paycheck cycle timed things that land. So if you have, um, I don't know, Christmas coming up, like Christmas does know. land every year, like same day, <laughs> like ne- it's never changed. And people are like, oh my gosh, that just really snuck up on me. Well, use that as an example. So we're at the time of this recording a couple months out, right? Mm-hmm. If you said you wanted to spend $600 on Christmas and we have October, November, December to get there, I would say, well, you need to set aside $200 for this month, 200 for the next, 200 for the next. You're just making little sinking funds for all kinds of large, less frequent expenses that normally surprise you. A lot of people make good money, make plenty of money, and they look at only their monthly bills that come in nice, tidy little envelopes, and they say, I don't know why I'm not getting ahead. I clearly make more than my monthly bills. But then they don't think about the car tires that are going to blow out in four months, the HVAC unit that'll die three days after the warranty expires, the roof will need repairs, the the dishwasher doesn't work that well. Like it just goes on and on. Like there's this, in accounting, they call it depreciation where, you know, the asset value declines over time. And that is how life works. That is how cars work. That's how houses work. That's how so many things work. Things just wear out. And so all we're saying is we recognize that car tires do not last forever. And so we're going to set aside a little bit of money for the car. If you drive a 2002 Honda Civic, I can tell you it's like a hundred bucks a month. That'll keep you pretty steady, right? And you're just paying those bills as you go every month. Now you're not actually paying them because those piles of money are building up over time. But the really cool thing about this is then you have a person that's going back to rule one. And they're saying, I'm going to give every dollar a job. And now they're debating like, should I go to sushi or should I go to Little Caesars in light of the fact that their car tire will blow out? And they don't know when it will go, but they do know that they don't last forever. So they're like, ah, should I go to sushi or Little Caesars? I'm also paying for car tires for the future. And then they maybe elect to go to Little Caesars or might be better just not to go anywhere. You know, <laughs> might be better to eat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, no, no knock against little Caesars, but it is gross. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I don't want to say anything bad about it, but you could eat the box and you'd be like, "Am I? Is this the pizza? Yeah. I'm not, did I get? Uh, all right, and it had cheese on okay. it. So, so that's I, that's the call, right? Yeah. That, but yeah. You're, they're they're saying like it's kind of like future version of Jen walks back and is like, "Hey, current Jen, like, just so you know, like, I'm going to be on the side of a road and I'm going to have to call a tow truck, and you better not leave me high and dry." And Jen's like, "Okay." I, I'll have the Little Caesars. That's cool. Like that's the negotiation that you're doing with yourself. Or you know, if you're sharing finances, you're doing it with each other. There's like four people at the table. If you're with your partner, 
It's like current you guys and then future you guys and future you guys are like, we're going to go on an anniversary trip. And you're like, you are? Yes, we are. And you better fund that thing because we don't want to go there. We don't want to put it on a card. We don't want to live chintzy. We want to live high for a couple of days and we want to do it without having to worry about our money. And so the current versions of you are like, okay, yeah, that sounds pretty good. So we'll, we'll make a few adjustments here. You know, that's, that's, future that's you is future is so wise. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post clean clarity. When I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month, New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete.me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and make sure it stays off. Delete.me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, at a special discount for our listeners, today get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL, code FRUGAL. So wise. <laughs> Future Jen is uh, intense. Maybe I'm not yeah. the wisest because <laughs> I'm on the yeah. side of the road, but... <laughs> okay. yeah. I think though, Jesse, you're identifying what can cause so many people to feel like they cannot get ahead Absolutely. in their budget yeah. or in their finances. You know, we, we might even know how to create a budget, but it only includes my, my food, my shelter yeah. and my bills and not thinking about those other unexpected expenses that, that are what can keep us at a certain level and not able to move beyond. So whether or not we do make a decent amount of money, and I would say this is especially an issue for those who don't make a lot of mm -hmm. money. And we've, we've got a lot of listeners like that. I've been there uh, at various points in life. So I think even having our sights on this, when we don't bring in a lot of cash every month is a really helpful muscle to begin building of, okay, I know that there's going to be some sort of emergency situation where future me is really mad at the current mm -hmm. me for not thinking about this. Um, and being able to be more intentional and planful for those things can help us cross that barrier from 
um, staying, being stuck yeah. really where we don't want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And most people, um, most people, they've run out of real money and they have an emergency and they, they have to go to a card and, and put it on a bill. And it's always like when the, yeah. when the month is normal, I'll be able to pay that bill off when things kind of normalize, when things settle down. When, I mean, here I am talking about that in 2020. It's like, what a joke, but the, the idea mm-hmm. of things kind of settling down and normalizing, there is no such thing as a normal month. You could go back mm-hmm. to your credit card statement that you may be paying full and you're super responsible about it or whatever, or you could go to your bank account and you just can scan down the column really old school, like, and just look for a digit to pop out that makes the number a little bigger and find those and be like, was that normal? And without mm-hmm. fail, every month you'll be like, oh yeah, we had that so-and-so's birthday. I had to gar- grab him a gift that I'd forgotten about or, oh, it was this. Every month is abnormal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people just slowly tack on the debt because they have that little emergency, that little one-time thing. It's very rarely a massive medical emergency or something where you're like, this, this is clear. It's, it's these death by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. What's really cool about it is people will make the right smart financial decision when they're presented with those trade-offs to go back to rule one. It's like, do you want to be ready for car repair or do you want to, uh, I'll say blow it, or do you want to blow it on this or that impulse thing? Nobody mm-hmm. says I'm going to blow it. Once presented correctly with that information in context, people are smart with their money. When they're given that decision at the right time, with the right context and the right implications tagged along with it. Yeah, I love I I love that and I know I used to get really overwhelmed with the idea of multiple sinking funds like for saving for multiple things. Yeah. So, if somebody listening is like me, this is what I did to kind of help me wrap my brain around it. I needed to go with just one single sinking fund in a separate account. So I have like three checking accounts. I have the regular one I spend out of, I have my emergency fund, and then I have my sinking fund account. And it's like, I have a list of things that I'm going to need in the future. So like, we know our AC and our water heater is going to blow in the next few years. Um, And we just replaced some windows that were really like bringing down or raising our electricity costs. Mm -hmm. So we just, we calculated the cost of each of those and saved that amount um, for each in the sinking fund. And so when it came time, we chose, you know, we chose to do the windows, you know, before the other things broke. And so we just took that money out of one account. But like, say my tires blow and I didn't pay for those, I'd already have that money in the sinking fund. I can still just take out of there and then just fund it with that cost later. I still have the money. It's it's like allocated and it, it just makes more sense for me because it's not like I don't feel like I'm taking from the water heater fund to pay for the tires. I'm just right. taking for the future protection fund mm-hmm. uh, as it would be. Um, and so I don't feel as like overwhelmed by having a yeah. lot of different sinking funds. Yeah. I mean, the, we, I mean, people use spreadsheets to track that in our software. We, that's the software is built to basically have all of your money in one account and you never look at the account balance. It's mm-hmm. not even a thing for you. So you just are looking at your HVAC category and you can be more or less granular depending on how much you care about these things. So yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think you should save up for the next tube of toothpaste, but I, but there are like large material things where you could say, okay, this makes sense. So 
in your instance, if you had all these different sinking funds in YNAB, it would look like a long list of categories, each with a goal amount attached. Like I'm going to fund it $67.28 every month. Well, you just set up that up one time and then you're kind of just clicking in on autopilot. If you do ever have to move money around, which happens, that's our third rule to roll with the punches when new information comes up then you're, you're just still planning. You're just still going back to rule one and you're saying, you know what? The car tire went out a little quicker than we thought. So we're going to move it from here. We'll catch up, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. And so it is kind of this overall future protection fund. I don't like the idea of just a savings fund, like no labels, because it tends to be a little bit of a revolving door. So people yeah. are like, I got to save. I just actually heard on a podcast, I've got to save. So I'm going to save and they're feeling really good. And then they raid the savings account six weeks later and then they're feeling really bad. And so you want to put a job to that money to make sure that you're clear what it is for. That mm-hmm. way, when you do go in and grab it, you don't feel guilty because you did need to buy a new computer or whatever. But you can also be clear like, all right, here, here's why. Like we have, we have some intention attached to this. And you can keep it all in one account like you do. You can keep it. I mean, heck, I, we keep everything in, in one checking account. It's just like it's the most boring. I mean, every time you go to the bank, well... I mean, not that we go to the bank very often, but they would be so alarmed by the size of our account balance. It's because we're saving for a car in there. We're saving for house repairs. We're saving for Christmas. And after a while, thousands and thousands of dollars start to pile up. And the person at the bank's like, what are you, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm, what are you doing? That's, you know, that's what you would say to the teller. <laughs> why is this shocking yeah, why, to why? you, Nancy? Yeah. So don't give me that dirty look. I know I don't want bill pay or overdraft protection. Yeah. So, this is why I do everything online. Yeah. But that, I like the idea of assigning that, uh, those savings accounts, real jobs so mm-hmm. that there's some, there's some specificity there. What's weird is most YNABers start to not need that third thing you mentioned, that emergency fund, that kind of just general, just in case they find that they use it. Not that I advise against it, but like a three month deal is probably fine. They find that they've started to anticipate what used to be emergencies. Like a car tire blowing out is not an emergency Mm -hmm. because they're not infinitely useful. So it's just part of living, you know, like someone said, Oh, I had to go to the doctor. That was an emergency. It's like, well, no, you're alive. So come on, you know, Yeah, we knew that that was coming. Um, But then there are the catastrophic, massive, you know, this meets our insurance deductible type emergencies. Yeah. That's that's where they come into play. I, I totally agree with you. A lot of people are saying things that are emergencies, but it's like you could have anticipated that for at least a few months ago. Yeah, and they're like, oh my it. gosh, like the baby came, and you're like, <laughs> I'm no, I'm no OBGYN, but I think I know 40 weeks is usually standard. So. Yeah, you had and, to have noticed. Wow, at least you even three know the weeks. Yeah. Something was happening yeah. down there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We don't, it was months was never a thing for us. It was weeks. It was like, and I was, I wasn't allowed to be like, Hey, Julie, aren't you like week 22? She's like, no, I'm week 21 in three days. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) sorry. I was not allowed to round up. I'm not allowed to round up on that. And I'm not allowed to round up on the baby's age. So if Brooks, our new one, if he's, you know, like five months and 25 days, I can't be like, oh, he's six months old. She's like, no, he's not. He's five months old. It's so important. There, yeah. those months. You don't want to age him are, too quick. Yeah, yeah their developmental as, milestones are so yeah. diverse. Yeah, she's like, no, he's not. I mean, he's he's developing just fine. Okay? <laughs> People think he's behind. What a good example of you rolling with the punches. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I like. I'm I'm bringing us back. Don't yeah, worry. It's like I didn't know so many things about all these things. So I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm learning too. <laughs> Number three on on your rules is to roll with the punches. Uh, can you can you tell us about that? Who's punching you? Life. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If you're alive, (laughs) if you're alive, you know, like we, we're getting a little bit of sport. I don't know how sports oriented your group is, but I think everyone can understand Mm. this. Like you, if you were to watch, um, let's do, let's do basketball. You have like the coach reviews game film becomes a master at that opponent does all of this legwork. The team is like, like they're pretending to be the other opponent. They're mimicking it. They're scrimmaging. They're doing all this prep work. And that's like your budget. You're thinking about it. You're like, okay, what would you hear? What would you hear? And it's this perfectly laid plan. As soon as the game starts, if, if they're a good coach, then they're like, oh, well, let's change that a little bit. We thought they would use this guy. I don't even know. We, 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 you know, we thought they'd do this <laughs> no, more. No, 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 yeah. you're deep in it deep, now. Like, Keep going. Yeah. It's like they over, or, or chess. Let's do chess. <laughs> that's probably, that's probably more our speed, so I guess. Similar, yeah, like so similar, so similar. So they're like, they, they make a play. Like everyone goes in with a plan and then the, you see how your opponent reacts and you're like, all right, I'll do it a little different. That That's budgeting. So it's, for some reason, people, they'll set their budget and then they're like, oh, also I, I've started budgeting and I predict the future. Like that's kind of what they've decided is their thing. And they're like, <laughs> yes. they're clairvoyant. You know, there's a really horrible movie with with Sandra Bullock called Premonition, I think. Horrible mm. movie. But it's this idea, she like, like, see the future and then, okay, now you've got it. Or even worse, Nicolas Cage with another horrible movie called Next horrible movie. Oh, good. Let's talk about all those. I I recommend that one because it is so bad. It's actually enjoyable. But (laughs) the idea that you could see into the future and then you have this firm plan, nobody can do that. And so you have a beginning budgeter that's never gotten their, their head wrapped around any of this. And suddenly their condition for, for saying like, good job, you is so astronomically high. This level of perfection is so high. It, it blows my mind. And so what I'm trying to say is, okay, you'll set your plan for the next three days. And then as soon as something new pops up, we're just going to change the plan. And so all rule three is, and I can't even believe we have to make it a, a rule, but the rule is change your plan as needed. Okay. Like if you're going on vacation soon, if you're so lucky, right? and you've planned to ha- go to some sunny place and then it rains, does that mean you, th- you say now vacations don't work? I mean, that was like, but that's what people do with budgeting. They're like, oh, budgeting doesn't work. I knew this wouldn't work. You know, I listened to that one dumb guy on that one podcast and he was wrong. <laughs> and it's unfortunate because what we're really trying to do is say, hey, you made a plan, just adjust as you go. Budgeting mm-hmm. is not a thing. It is a process. So rule three is just going back to rule one and saying, hey, given the new information you have, you want to maybe give every dollar a job slightly differently than you did before. And you're still mm. winning. You're like, this is you being successful. This is you doing it perfectly, if you need mm-hmm. me to say that. Mm. Recognizing that the future is not static, how often would you say or how much of a pulse would you recommend somebody have on their budget? Daily, when they're first starting daily. Yeah. yeah. As, uh, as your skill level is low, meaning you don't have this habit, you haven't done like the whole atomic habits, James cleared thing or whatever. And so you're like, okay, I have no skill or low skill here. That means you need a high frequency of interaction with the budget. The other side of it is if you, uh, don't make a lot where you don't have a lot of that wiggle room, some people can like, they just make more money. So things just don't affect them as much. If you are one of those people that make a lot less, that also means you should be in the budget more because there's, there's just less wiggle room, less room for air. The other one is if you're on a highly volatile income, you should be looking at it more often because there's more room for air there. So those three things, this is brand new to you, be in it daily. Make it like a part of your coffee thing, 
right? Sip your coffee, swipe through your budget, stare at it, see what happens. That works if you're um, tight, if money's tight, look at it more often. And if money is really volatile, you know, like you're, mm. I don't know, you're commission based something or other, look mm-hmm. at it more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Self-employed. Mm-hmm. The last rule that you have is age your money. And I feel like this is the most unique and interesting rule. And I yeah. would love to hear the story behind it. So it's not a good story. I mean, it's not interesting is what I mean to say. So I, I, when Julie and I were first married, we were, we were students, we were super young and super poor and we were watching our money really closely. And I built this little spreadsheet that eventually became the YNAMP software and all that. But at the time it was just she and I just doing our thing. And we were on hourly pay working as students and our hours would fluctuate. And I didn't like going back to rule one and knowing how much we had to budget I didn't like not knowing because my hours could be 25 or 35 and hers would be varied. And so I just had this idea. I took some money from our wedding money that we had actually been given. I took some money from there. I said, let's live off of this money and then we'll work for a month and we'll have money in our hands now for the next month. And Julie, cause we were in our honeymoon phase. She was just like, cool. Like I could do anything wrong at that point. So she's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you are brilliant and good looking and that is a good idea. You know, so, so that's, that's what we landed on. So it was really just a, for me, I was a little bit of a money hack to be like, I don't want to be waiting to see what I will earn in order to be able to budget. I just want to know what I already have and budget money I'd earned a while ago. And so that turned into about 30 days. And then as we taught people, people were like this, instead of, having a pile of bills waiting for money to arrive, it was flipped around and they had this pile of money. And then when a bill would come, people were like, this is awesome. I'll just pay it. And then you start putting stuff on auto pay and it's, and then you've gotten out of that game. There's like, there's a total game that everyone plays this huge game with all kinds of rules and orchestrations where uh, timing their bills to their paychecks and doing this like song and dance and like sticky notes in places. And, and just like, what about this? And then you're sharing money with a partner. And it's like, well, did you spend that there? Oh, that was for this bill. It's this weird song and dance. And it, it adds no value. I mean, if you think about the value of paying your electricity bill, it's just that the electricity stays on, but anything extra beyond the payment of the bill is just wasted effort. And so you think about all the effort people put into that song and dance. So we get rid of all of that. And then when a bill comes, it's just paid. And then suddenly people are like, my finances, the best thing they ever say is they'll write in and they'll say, my finances are super boring. Nothing (laughs) exciting ever happens. Like everything just kind of seems pretty ho-hum. And you're like, you've arrived. Like you have arrived. Welcome. Like yes, life welcome. Is, yeah. Life is still like coming at you with all kinds of things, but your money kind of like normalizes it and you're not living right on the edge. So when we talk about aging your money, we're really saying if you earned a dollar yesterday, that's like a baby dollar and you don't send babies out into the world. You know, you protect mm. them, you keep them close for a little while. When they're ready, you let them go. And when they're too old, you like, you, you kick them out. Right. <laughs> get Just out. to be clear. Get out. Yeah, get out. But at first, you don't do that. And that's what we want with our dollars. We want to have them like hang out for a while, 30 to 60 days. The cool thing about this is you get to a point where you're staring at, let's say the beginning of November. And you're like, I have all of the money I would need for November, including funding those sinking funds from rule two. Like you're fully flushed out. And then you're like, okay, yeah, it's all here. And then you work in November, you earn that money, it refills. 
And then you're staring at December and you're like, we're ready to roll. And we have money for Christmas unless you finish Christmas shopping like in October, which makes you kind of weird, but people do that. <laughs> so that the idea of living ahead instead of behind that paycheck to paycheck stress cycle is so bad. We were talking about sleeping, mm -hmm. I think before we recorded maybe. I mean, like it literally steals sleep from you. It, yeah. it literally strains relationships where some benign comment from a spouse or partner about money suddenly becomes this big deal only because you're artificially stressed, not because it actually is a big deal. So there's so much there that you can get away from if you just live 30 to 60 days. You, the dollar you're spending, you earned 30 days ago. 40 days ago. It's, it's wonderful. Now to get there, just follow the first three rules. It will happen over time. There's no magic there. There's, you just follow them. It takes people on average about six months to get there um, with not doing anything extraordinary beyond just being really intentional and cutting expenses where they realize they didn't like them. And uh, yeah, just work in the system. I like the example that you gave of how you did this when you were young, married, uh, still respected. <laughs> and, and because I think that we can often talk about budgeting and, and how you can have all these different funds and savings and, and it's just this thing and we can get it to work out so well. And then we have people who are not making a lot of money and, and this can feel really overwhelming or maybe even depleting mm -hmm. to be like, I, that's not my reality. But to hear your example of how you did this, even when you weren't making a lot, even when you were hourly part-time, I mean, of course it had something to do with gifts that had been received, but there are other ways of going about that. Yeah. I mean, input, side hustle, uh, living living in an environment well below what, what you're bringing in, whether that means needing to move so that your living expenses are less, right? There's some ways of getting creative, but I think that I just want to highlight what you mentioned there, that yeah. this is possible even if you're not making six figures. Oh, yeah. and some of these concepts and the framework of it, we can put into place regardless of where we may find ourselves currently in our current financial circumstances, of course, the goal is always, how can we bring in more so that we're not stuck in that yeah. place? Every one of these rules I came up with at my poorest. And I say mm -hmm. poor meaning financially. So I had, um, I had all kinds of, of family structure and support that I'm, I'm probably forever grateful for that you can't even price tag at all. Um, but we, we lived in an apartment that cost $350 a month. And we, nice. we, uh, and I, so that was 80 years that ago. Was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I, I age well actually, but, uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was early 2000 and it was a junkie. I mean, it was a horrible apartment. So we could have spent more, or I mean, we could have lived somewhere else that was more expensive, but, um, the, yeah, we had respiratory issues while we lived there. Like, I think there was stuff in the walls. It was, it was, it was mm -hmm. bad, but we lived there for a year. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't, um, uh, we didn't own a car for the first little while. We didn't own a computer for the first little while. I would use computers on campus. I mean, we were simple students in the sense that we had like one objective, like we got to get through school. Um, and, you know, we were making, Julie was making 11 bucks an hour. I was making uh, I think 10, 50 or something. She was full time at the end uh, working in social work where you don't, they don't pay you. So she's full time making $11 an hour. And we, we were like, okay, we can make this work. We actually saved money. Um, and that, but we lived cheap. Little Caesars was a big deal back then. 
you know, and maybe that's why <laughs> I have PTSD. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I, I, but like once a month, we're like, oh, sweet. We get that $5 hot and ready. And it was awesome. It's so those rules, they, they aren't just like pick and choose because your situation is tight. I would say, no, no, no. Those rules came about and were used to great effect in my situation. That was the tightest. Now I make more money. Thankfully I feed way more people, not, you know, not necessarily. Thankfully a lot more bills, <laughs> all of that, all of that is so much more expensive, but the rules still are working. It's just, it's about being super intentional. And like we went back, all that effort you put into earning money, that 11 bucks an hour that Julie was working toward, we're going to waste that when, you know, she's having to go to this place she doesn't really like to make a pittance. We're going to, when we're supposed to waste it then? I don't think so. No way. Quite the opposite. Right. Mm. So it, it works at every income level. Yeah. Well said, man, you know what else works? And we never get tired of At it. Every income level. The, the bill of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Jesse, every week we have a listener or guest submit their bill of the week for us to share. Um, it is your turn. Do you have a bill for us? I was going to use watching the trailer of the sequel of Bill and Ted's. I was like, that could, that could work, but yes. uh, I only watched the trailer and I thought that's about enough of that. But, um, my, my favorite bill that has just started becoming my favorite is my electricity bill. So I got it a week, two weeks ago, it was $16 and 42 cents. And that's not too shabby. No, especially in the in like three hot Trip. and ready. Yeah. yeah. Three pizzas. Everything is in pizzas at our house as far as <laughs> currency. As it should be. Yeah. So that's how uh-huh. I budget. Yeah. So it was the first, my first bill that I received after I had paid a whole lot of money for a fancy solar system. Mm. So it was, and it was not for financial reasons like, oh, this makes sense. I just really liked the idea of the solar and like, so many other parts of it appealed to me besides the long payback period. So I didn't finance it or anything. I saved up for it. I got all those panels on. Then I became obsessed with our power consumption at that point. So (laughs) I can tell you like our base house rates, 0.6 kilowatts an hour. Like it just does that. If the oven's on, I know that if like it's gotten better, but Julie was like, is this going to be a thing now forever where you're on your phone and being like, what, what is (laughs) calling you're Julie. Like what, are you doing? what are you doing over there? Is there, Oh, you're baking bread. Well, I apologize. And that is, that's oh. totally okay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe you were blow drying yeah, your hair, no, which no, that would have been a no go. go. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, it was super fun, but yeah, that's my favorite bill. It's been fun to see like this magic. Uh, and I'm, I'm not like even a big environmentalist or right? like, but it was, it did feel like magic. It was like, Oh my gosh, the sun, you know? Who would have thought? This is what you can look forward to when your budget becomes boring. Yeah. You get super into electricity yeah. consumption. Really yeah. Really yes. Wow, Jesse. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> if your life has become all about your energy consumption and you want to tell us about it, please visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill and leave us your bill. Or maybe your life is about something else like water consumption or or air. Yeah. Whatever. We'll, we'll play <laughs> your bill. bill. Yeah. Just some sort of bill. We'll, yeah. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001 and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot special for $1,000 off Vanta. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the, the lightning, lightning round. round. We try uh, not to yell so much. I want to plug. I want to plug the counselor thing because I I went to a counselor for like five years. Mm. Um, it was awesome. Yes, and yeah. like it, people are like, there, there's a stigma. I think it's going away, but man, I I started going to see her, and suddenly it was like my back pain went away. Weird. <laughs> mm. And I, I just, I was so nice to be able to just like unload on someone who's just kind of like, cool, 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 cool. Did you know this? And you're like, no, I didn't. You know, it, it was yes, awesome. That's so, how, and that's how they do it. Yeah. Highly yeah. recommend yeah, it. Like, it's, it. It's for, like, it's, I, I think it makes you, I, I don't know if, if you're like this, like, I don't know, go hard, like money hungry performances, everything. Even then you're like, you should go see a therapist. Like they will bring yeah. you your, like they will up your game wherever you're mm-hmm. at. Like you'll, you'll see it increase. So anyway, yeah. I didn't mean to extend the No, sponsor, you're good. But. I'm a counselor we'll myself. So for that. I can't say <laughs> great enough about it. Thanks Jesse for sharing. Yeah. yeah. It's always good to just continue to chip away at the stigma that can surround seeking help yeah. and knowing that there, there is help out there that can be affordable and can help us, but we're whole people. I mean, I know that we really focus in on finances, but it does affect us physically and relationally and emotionally and financially. So yeah, I can't say enough good things about caring for our whole person. Perfect. Absolutely. All right. So in this lightning round, we are going to get into our latest budgeting flubs and how we recovered from them. 
So Jesse, as our guest, we'll allow you to go first because yours oh. will probably be the shortest. I was I was hoping I could go last to kind of get a read of the room a little bit to figure mm-hmm. out what kind of a flub we're looking for. So um, that's why you're going first. Yeah, uh, I've I've taken over the Costco run for the family because like the mm. baby came, so he's kind of a priority. And um, so I'm like, I'll do the Costco run. So Tuesday's my day. And I, this is embarrassing, but, um, I didn't know how much we had spent when, when I walked out and then came home and Julie was like, what was the, she goes, man, you got a lot. And I was like, now to be clear, like I do her list. Like she, we have a synced up note, you know, on our phone and I'm like, update the note. She gets it all updated. And then it's just like this long and it's, it's nerve wracking. Cause she might say something like chicken. And I'm like, organic, boneless, skinless, organic tenderloins. Like, what are we doing here? You know, so we're working on, we're working on like full communication. Like how, how is this? You know, she's like, oh, I really wanted this kind. And she's a phenomenal cook, which means her standard of like what she wants is, is up there. So I'm already nervous. And then she's like, well, how much was it? And I had, I couldn't even tell her. I'm like, I did not notice the cost. That's I was, one of those zone out moments. Yeah, I was like, I was at Costco, but was I... Was I there? Like, <laughs> the guy's like, here's your card. I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't even, like, it's, that was, that that was yesterday. So I'm giving you a reason, like, there's some recency bias there. <laughs> so but recent. I was pretty bothered by the fact that, like, I just dropped, and I'm telling you, like, at our family size, we have seven kids with two, like, Whoa. some teenagers in there that eat, like, three people's worth each. And mm-hmm. so we're not talking about, like, oh, he spent $90 and didn't realize it. Mm-mm, I only wish. I can't get out of there for less than 200. Like, no, 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 yeah, no, no. No one can get out yeah. of Costco under You're 200. Like, I'll just go in yeah. and get yeah. some milk. It's like, no, you won't. You can, you'll get you seven gallons. You walk out like, with like a flat screen TV on one shoulder and then like milk on the other side. You know? Yeah. So, and socks and underwear for the year. Mm-hmm. Costco is, is your target, man. I'm like, do you guys have throw pillows here? Cause anyway. <laughs> no, but we do have swing sets. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And there were uh, like Christmas full, full bore Christmas going on at like, I mean, full on. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if we didn't have a reminder already through our budget and funding it monthly, everybody, we would have it if we went to Costco. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, I didn't even realize it. So I, I'm embarrassed by that. I yeah. I don't know. That's, You'll listen to the cashier a little bit more closely now. Mm-hmm. That is. So your total comes to. So that you can be aware of the spending just a little earlier. A little. I mean, like, <laughs> you're supposed to put it on your phone. We have the app. You're supposed to put it on your phone, record it in the moment. It knows you're at Costco and it's like, hey, cool. Costco normally groceries, right? Like it does all this fancy stuff. I was totally spaced out. I think, mm. yeah. Anyway, that was a flub. Well, Jesse, you're going to look great next to me. Uh, I was, your your number one rule was resonating with me a lot. And when you were talking about children are good at this, children are good at recognizing if you can't have this, you, then you can have this. Um, yeah. So I just bought a house. Well, not just me, my husband and okay, I, good. we together collectively uh, bought a house. And I have had in my mind, I, I, I just haven't really thought about it a ton. I mean, we did set a lot of money aside. I mean, first of all, I mean, just buying a house is expensive beyond the down payment, but then also set some more money aside knowing that we want to do some renovations. But I didn't fully think through how much 
each renovation that I want to do is going to cost and the timing of it. And I'm just kind of having my head, like, I want to do it all. I want to do it all right now. And that's just not the reality I'm learning when you own a house. We used to live in a camper and I kind of could have it all. It's like, (laughs) yeah, everything costs $10 done. (laughs) The whole thing's renovated. Um, and so I am slowly coming to grips with the fact that I got new ceiling fans and I will probably not be able to have a kitchen for a couple of years. This kitchen is a dumpster fire, by the way, it is functional. So how I'm, how I'm coping slash recovering with that is really an adjustment in my perspective of, okay, I'm not going to take out a loan for these renovations. We do want to cash flow them. So I recognize that that's like a little bit next level, but it's where we're at as frugal friends over here. So I am learning what I can do to make it a little bit more livable at where we're at right now for very minimal cost until we can get to the point of actually paying for these bigger renovations out of pocket. So luckily it has not thrown me into debt, but it is one of those kind of wake up calls of, oh, I can't do it all at once. And if I do this one thing, then that takes this other thing out of the mix. So we might just have to get mini splits instead of a new kitchen next. And, you know, I'll paint the walls and be happy with it. I like it. Yeah. No, no debt on kitchen renos. No way. Mm-mm. Yes. No. Even dumpster fires. One thing at a time. Yeah. Even on it dumpster, is a dumpster fire. Jen can tell you it, it is. It should. It needs to be set on fire. Mm. So. We threw out a lot of it already. A lot oh of it gosh. is in the dumpster. <laughs> uh, the rest of it is on fire. Yeah. It's so ugly. It wouldn't light on fire if you tried. So. Oh, all right. Well, that's thing. all we have today. Yeah. <laughs> Jen's perfect. I'm fine. Um, no. So Travis has been off of work for the last couple weeks. Um, he's uh, works in the airline industry as a mechanic. And so they gave him a voluntary leave several times this year. He's in literally his third month off um, this year. And uh, he's taking half pay. And I am in my slow season in my business. So I have like my income is natural ebbs and flows. And and I'm in a natural like, I don't know what the ebb and what the flow is, but I'm in the lower one. Yeah. Um, But you're ebbing ebbing um, right now. I, I didn't change our budget to reflect that. I kept it as it was. And then I Mm. realized, oh, that's not our income. Mm. You, you got to roll with that. <laughs> right. And which we have the money that it's like not affecting us this month. Um, but next month it will. Mm. Um, so I didn't uh, I didn't cut my expenses in half or, you know, cut them like I should have. Uh, mm. I just totally went straight over my head. How are you recovering? Yeah, what's the first that's going to go on the expenses? Um, I probably Kai. Probably he's probably <laughs> Kai's her son. Yeah. Okay, I was like Kai. <laughs> yeah. He's expensive. Um, it's the new type of soy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think so. I mean, we haven't made November's budget yet, but um, I think we're just going to probably not eat out. Okay. Um. Probably just 
you know, living on bare bones stuff just for one month. Yeah. I'm in a sugar detox right now, so I can't think about that. I th- can't think about November right now. My mind well, is here Sugar now. detox and not eating out is probably a good combo if you were to do it. Right. Mm, I'm not yeah. eating out right now anyway. Yeah. So, so it's not that bad. When we ask people how they paid off debt or how they got ahead, and we never prescribe like you shouldn't eat out. We never say that. But um, mm. everyone without fail, without exception, they will say they cut eating out to free up money. Mm. So yeah. it, it usually is it's the a first big thing. One. Yeah. 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 It's not maybe the largest sum of money, but it's it can save you a whole lot more than just cutting out buying coffee. Yeah. Um, it it can eat up a good chunk of that monthly budget. Yeah, we yeah. it's not large, but we call it squishy. It's a squishy category. Mm. Like there's some room mm. there. I like so. that. Yeah. And it squishy. makes it sound gross. Like it it kind of makes me feel weird. Yeah, though. you're like, yeah. oh, or eating out. Yeah. It's like, why don't you just call it squishy category and see how appetizing that? <laughs> see how <laughs> so often you do it. Work. Squishy. Uh, and if all else fails, oh. we'll turn the lights off for a whole month. Yeah. See how that goes. <laughs> Conserve energy. Jesse, thanks so much for coming on the show to talk with us about budgets. Where can people find more about you? What's up next for YNAB? What do you want to say? Uh, people can find us at youneedabudget.com. So we're there always. The best thing to do, if I were to recommend one thing, uh, for people, it would be to take one of our 20 minute workshops. They're, they're fast. They're live. You can ask questions. They're not recorded there. There's a real teacher there. You can test them and say, like, say this random word. They'll say it like it's live. We've, we've had that happen. And, um, they just, they succinctly tell you like, okay, Jesse's four rules that you heard on this in kind of a really long winded way. They'll tell it to you very succinctly. And then they'll show you in the software how that's, implemented. And so it's kind of like theory and then practice in 20 minutes. And it is just well worth the time. It's It's a little bit of a different way to think about money. And so we want to get that learning happening fast, but do, do the workshop. They're free. You know, you don't have to sign up or do anything like that. You just go in and, and jump on and they run, I think we run about 150 a week. So like there's one that'll hit your schedule. Wow. So, all right. That's great. Sweet. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Jesse, and uh, we will hope to see you sometime when people are seeing each other again. Yeah, but this was this was quite nice. Just this remote video yes. thing is as good as it can get yeah. right so now. Sweet. So, yeah. so sweet, yeah. Didn't have to smell each other's coffee breath. Absolutely. So true. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jesse. Well, that was fun. Yes, Jesse's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I kind of get it now a little bit more why there's (laughs) such a cult following. Yes. It's funny to think of cult followings in personal finance. That seems like (laughs) it shouldn't happen. But now the more I think about it, there's a lot of them. Yeah. It's how deep into the spreadsheets you can get. How How deep can you get into the spreadsheets? I mean, you you said it yourself. There's so many tabs so and many, so many, so many sums sheets. that you can do. So to be, yeah, I'm going to stop because it's going to go to yes. a dark place. Yep. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We want to thank you for your kind reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Like this one comes from McKean 2 informative and makes me giggle it it happens to be five stars because what why not when it's informative and makes you giggle 
great podcast, which has me think differently about my spending habits and be more thoughtful in my spending. The girls are great fun to listen to, and I've definitely saved money from their tips, tricks, and wisdom. Thanks, Jen and Jill. Thank you're you welcome. for your, yeah, for your kind you for words. Your- Uh huh. You're welcome. And thank you. Yes. Uh, We also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. It's super helpful for spreading the word. Um, And so when you share our latest episode on Facebook or Instagram um, and tag us in it, then we will see it and we will uh, submit you into our monthly drawing. Uh, We give away a copy of the Frugal Friends workbook for every five tags and reviews we get every month. Mm. So keep leaving us reviews on iTunes or Stitcher and send us a screenshot of that review to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, still tag us on social. Absolutely. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Frugal Friends is produced, edited, and mixed by Eric Siriano. Welcome to the after show, Jesse. Are we asking? Are we asking the questions in the after? Yeah, show? we're going to ask the questions. Oh, that's in the after fun. Show. Thanks for sticking around, Jesse. Yeah, this yeah. is when like ten percent of our listeners are still yes. pressing. <laughs> um, it's just a great way to like pad the episode okay. with more. So we have a few questions from our uh, frugal friends community oh, yeah, on Facebook, right. which I'm sure ten percent of the people in that group don't actually know we have a podcast. Um, I know that for a fact. It's so funny. People will talk about the podcast and then without fail, there's always somebody who's like, what's the podcast you listen to? You're literally in a group for this podcast. The banner is our logo. Yeah. I think really it's indicative of how good our name is that people just want frugal friends. Yeah. I want frugal friends. This sounds good. I'm okay with that. It's like a bunch of old people that are like, I'm going to friend this group. They don't even know what they're doing. They're just clicking things. (laughs) That's what it is. And we know they're not listening right now. So we can say that. (laughs) All right. A few questions. Um, somebody wants to know, besides your own book, do you have any other book recommendations? Oh, what what genre? Like, what can they narrow I it guess, down for me? I guess maybe personal finance. Mm-hmm. But then if you have some another one that sticks out, maybe? Personal finance, if you were to give one to a kid, like you're, you were like, are oh, my kids old enough? They should learn something, but they won't listen to me and, and read my book. Maybe, and maybe it's a, mm. a bothers you that they won't read your own book. But uh, wealth, The Wealthy Barber. <laughs> is good for like a 14 year old, 13 year old richest man in Babylon is the wealthy barber barber, but made to, you know, older style fable. Um, I like that one a lot. And then Vicki, uh, Robbins, your money or your life is a really good deal on the whole, you know, life and money conversion that we kind of hit on a little bit in the show. Uh, that one's a mind shifter that I like quite a bit. Really good business book though. The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Really good. Why Um, that one? What's your favorite thing about that? There's a lot of HR stuff, like people management in there that is just like, just makes sense. Like you hear it and you think, why didn't I just think of that naturally? Because it's so obviously the right idea. Um, Especially the second half of the book. The first half is his story. And the second half is where he just like pounds you with, with just knowledge bombs. I really like that. Um, Anything by Nassim Taleb. He's like a philosopher. Um, his book, anti-fragile, I really, really like that one. Nice. Yeah. So I have a lot. I mean, 
I have a whole Cal Newport's deep work. <laughs> yes. So good. Like yes. it's so good. And then he has a more consumer facing like digital minimalism that I like, but deep work is, is the better book. Of the- mm-hmm. I love that one. Um, what do you think is the hardest debt to pay off? Hardest debt to pay off the last one. Is that a trick question? Yeah. Um, well, one, I one, think the first one, I feel like it's the first yeah, maybe one. Like getting the over the hump would be that, um, it's hard sometimes to justify paying off a really low rate student loan, for instance, because mm-hmm. it's just so cheap. The money's just so cheap. Um, so that one, you might be, it might be harder to justify like sending the money off to do that. Um, for some people paying off their mortgage, they like to think they're getting really fancy and think, oh, but if I just invest the difference, I'll make money. But no one actually invests the difference. They just say that they would theoretically do that. Um, mm-hmm. So you can kind of talk yourself out of that one. But yeah, I would say either first or last. I like that. Yeah. I like first too. Yes. Um, here's a good one. Why should someone pay for a budgeting app Oh yeah. when they could use a free one like Mint? Mm-hmm. Mint. I've been citing movies, like pretty low grade quality movies. So I'll do another one. Minority Report uh, with Tom Cruise, where they have this, the future seers and they stop crime before it happens. That's like YNAB. YNAB like stops the crime from happening because you're proactive. Mint is like any standard cookie cutter blueprint CSI episode that always starts with a dead body. And then the rest of the episode is everyone being like, how did the guy die? How did the, what happened? Oh, interesting. And you're like, well, could we stop the deaths maybe? So Mint, every, every month, your finances, you have a dead body. And Mint tells you the body is there, awkward, in your living room. And then you blame your spouse for it. You're like, well, it was you. Like, it was you, you did it. You know? like, everybody knows that. It's like, whoa. And then, well, what do they do when they see me in like the fancy charts? They'll be like, oh man, we shouldn't have eaten out so much. Well, okay, water under the bridge. But what are you doing now? So also, if you like being the product where your data is, <laughs> where you are sold, that's also one other, but it is not free. And this is like a totally separate thing from budgeting. Facebook isn't free. Mint isn't free. Nothing is free. And so you pay us $84 a year and we will never, ever, ever, ever sell your data. And we have all kinds of locks and keys around it internally. We like, that is the most, it's like sacred. So you're paying $84 a year to a company to know that that is the only way they make money. And there's some peace of mind there. So also it works way better than Mint. Like you really want a corpse mm. every month? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't love Mint as a budgeting app. No, it's good for like but, overall view. You can see, you know, like, oh, this is pretty. It's good yeah. to make you feel like you're doing something. Yeah, it, yeah. But it doesn't the change 30 behavior. minutes it takes to connect all your accounts to Mint and mm-hmm. see a nice graph. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're doing something good. We're going after behavior change. Like we really want people to change mm-hmm. what they're doing. So it takes a little mm-hmm. effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love understand it. it more, be more involved, yeah. Okay. Last question. What's something fun people should know about you, but they don't. Oh, geez. <laughs> I already talked about the solar panels. I mean, geez, what else is there? I said something fun. Oh, oh. <laughs> well played well played um yeah and i was gonna say seven kids but you just retort the same way you'd be like i said fun. Fun. yeah but i like <laughs> spreadsheets um hmm. it's okay it's i have a rooster 
Oh, that is fun. Yes. Okay. Well, got you. His name's Ronaldo. Um, I have to use a special mic because he'll crow and then he'll be picked up on. So I have to use like one that's really, you know, but uh, I bought eight hens from the feed store. And then I realized four, four months later, like one of the hens was on steroids and then I realized mm-hmm. a month after that, that hen was a dude and his name is Ronaldo. <laughs> and so I actually bought seven hens and a dude and he's awesome. He's super chill. Um, he doesn't attack anyone. Faye, my four-year-old, she loves him. He's almost as tall as she is. Like they get big. Oh my God. And yeah. he's so pretty. He has these pretty green feathers in the back and he's super chill. He backs up whenever I come in. He does. He's, he's not aggressive at all, at least so far. Um, he always lets all the ladies go to the food first and he's just kind of looking around like he's a gentleman you know? Yeah. Wow. So that's been Has super he impregnated fun. any of them yet? Not that we've discovered. They just started laying eggs because we did the whole COVID chicken run that happened. Mm. Like it was a real thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all yeah. tried to buy plants and chickens. Like all these like boutique sourdough, you know, firms are like, what is going on? We, you know, mm-hmm. like, can you only imagine? So he, we did that for the, you know, part of our COVID celebration and um, it's been super fun, but they just started laying eggs like a month or two ago and fun. it's magic. It's just absolute magic. Oh, Love wow. it. Okay. Ronaldo. So it is fun. That appeases See? me. Yeah, fun. Yeah. There you go. Fun. That, that yeah. will do. Okay. So, and cut. All right. <laughs> That'll Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.